I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. What an event! Our first ever virtual Chelsea Flower Show was last week. I'm still recovering. There was a huge array of videos and articles online, guided tours from big-name gardeners. When I came back here, I had a look at the house, and all the walls at the back of the house were bland. I knocked them all out, and I built my own multi-tiered garden. My garden in the sky. Online tutorials from the UK's best growers... If you want something that's going to run around, then why not go for this? This is Persicaria by Storta Superba. Look at these beautiful pink heads here. Really, really lovely. And it produces a lot of these, a mass of them. Advice from our gardening advisors and so much more. Each day, visitors could experience virtual Chelsea on the RHS website and explore an unfolding palette of rich gardening content. One particular theme was the impact of plants on our health and well-being. I'm not alone in valuing this aspect of gardening. Prince Charles had a special message for visitors to virtual Chelsea. I am delighted to join you in this somewhat discombobulated virtual form to enjoy the world's greatest online flower show. Now, in recent weeks, the coronavirus lockdown has highlighted the critical role that plants play in our own health and well-being. And quite a few of us will have had the opportunity to reconnect with nature at home. I know many people have discovered a heightened appreciation for their local green spaces and a newfound love for gardening and local food production, which is a serendipitous yet welcome outcome from this desperate situation. In today's podcast, I really wanted to dig deep into some remarkable stories of how plants have helped people across the UK. I'm Guy Barter and welcome to the RHS Gardening Podcast. As Prince Charles mentioned, green spaces have become even more important to our mental and physical health recently. There's been an indoor plant revolution as well as an outdoor grow-your-own resurgence. I know that for me at this time of year, with all the young plants to raise and planting out in the hope of things to come, the shrubs and the roses beginning to flower, when you go out it really takes your mind off current conditions and makes you feel better and look forward to the rest of the year. I love the fact that gardening keeps me on my toes. I'm always learning new tips and tricks. I think it's this sense of challenge and achievement that motivates me. And that's true whether we're talking about a windowsill herb garden, an urban balcony, 
or a bigger outdoor space. For Kirsty Ward, who runs a very popular blog and Instagram account documenting her gardening developments, it's all about her allotment. I started my little allotment three years ago when I got my first ever allotment space in Lincolnshire and I started up an Instagram called My Little Allotment and decided to document and share all the different things I do on my allotment with videos, blogs and pictures and I started to talk really openly about my mental health and how taking on an allotment improved my mental health after suffering from a difficult pregnancy and birth and that's where it all started. And now I have a really big following and I love to share everything that I do down on my allotment with everybody and all the fun things that I get up to down there with my children and what I'm growing and everything like that. So it's really great. I took on my allotment space after reading about different alternative therapies. So I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder after a difficult pregnancy and birth with my second child, Mila. And I'd read that gardening therapy is really good for post-traumatic stress disorder as it's a really good focus therapy. So I decided to get an allotment space. And after having a few days down there, just being outside with nature, it really started to help you know, my happiness. And for the first time in a long time, I was starting to look forward into the future about what I was growing. And it was something that I hadn't felt for a long time. I was in a really dark space. I'd been really, really poorly. But the allotment really started to, to turn that around. And it's been an amazing journey for me. I hadn't gardened before. I think subconsciously there's always been that element of gardening in my life. My dad has had allotments when I was a young girl and I remember eating gooseberries and picking runner beans and my grandma always had the most wonderful hanging baskets that were just full of flowers that would you know hang down to the floor and I think that inspired me to you know, once I'd read about gardening therapy to get this allotment and maybe that's where the green fingers come from. <laughs> I decided to grow some pumpkin plants the first time I got my allotment and they were just a joy. I think from growing a tiny little seed and watching it grow into a really big plant and then growing these big varieties of pumpkins and the first year I decided to grow something called Big Macs and uh, it was a giant pumpkin and I, I actually grew quite a huge pumpkin and it was just so much fun and it's really exciting to get the girls involved with that with me and I think pumpkins and squash there's so many varieties you can grow something new every year. Typically you do need quite a bit of space for pumpkins but there are really great ways to grow pumpkins in small spaces too by using arches to grow things like baby boo pumpkins and jack be little which are little orange and white pumpkins so they're really great space savers they're really fun for children but one thing about pumpkins is they're quite hungry and quite thirsty plants so make sure that the soil is you know mixed in with lots of organic matter make sure that they are well mulched so it sort of helps retain the moisture and make sure you give them a feed regularly because they absolutely love all the nutrients.
it's just a really great way to engage your senses. And once you start, you don't really know you're doing it, but you'll be outside and you'll start thinking more about what you can hear and what you can touch, what you can taste, what you can smell. And once you start engaging those senses, you sort of forget where you are. You get sort of taken away in the moment. Whenever I'm having a tough time, I like to go out into my garden barefoot and just having a few moments in nature like take a deep breath when you get outside and enjoy that space and enjoy sort of what is natural to us really. Gardening therapy you don't really know it's happening it just does it in the background and it's about engaging your senses with you know what you can hear what you can touch focusing on you know turning the soil and planting and growing things and because it's through every season you are focused throughout the year on what you're going to be doing in autumn and what you're going to be doing in the winter and then it brings that whole cycle around to the next year and actually that was the biggest thing for me was I realized that for the first time in a long time I was actually looking forward to the future and it completely changed my life. Great tips from Kirsty Ward there. On last week's podcast, we brought you the remarkable story of explorer Robin Hanbury Tennyson. He became very unwell with COVID-19 earlier this year, and at one point his chances of survival seemed low. But as he started to recover, he encountered a green space outside his intensive care unit, and things began to look brighter. That I do remember very clearly, waking up and seeing that I was in a garden, and saying, I now I know I'm going to live. This week, I want to introduce you to Kate Tantum, a nurse who looked after Robin. She played a big part in creating that garden in the grounds of Plymouth's Derriford Hospital and as an advocate for getting more green spaces near ICU units, an idea which came from her own garden. I love my garden and I love plants and I love seeing new growth and feeling the satisfaction of when my garden looks beautiful and I can sit in it and I can enjoy it with friends, family, loved ones, pets. My garden is a space where I go to for resilience, for calm, to support my mental health. I garden as a hobby and I find it deeply kind of relaxing and enjoyable to be in my garden. When I'm trying to think about things that make me feel better and that make me feel like things are going in the right direction, I often base them in nature, so sea swimming and walking and beaches. And so I think it's exactly the same for all of our patients. So I think being able to give them the opportunity to re-engage in nature and to feel alive is really, really, really important. Being in intensive care can be a very hard place to be as a patient because you don't have very much natural light, you've got lots of noise you can't control, you're in a bed that you might find uncomfortable, you're with people who you might never have met before until that morning. So there's lots of things about intensive care that can be acutely stressful. So taking them out to a space that feels open and wide and green and light and bright and has cool air can often be really quite refreshing. 
I had a patient just this week say to me, you don't know how important this is to me. I feel like I'm getting back to myself. I've had a patient say very recently, this is the first time I've known what time of day it is. Because I think when we're telling a patient, oh, it's nighttime or it's daytime or it's 12 o'clock in the middle of the day, and it's the same level of light, the same number of staff, it's very difficult for patients to really to be able to ground themselves in what time of day it is and where things are and where they are in their recovery. So letting them see the sun, seeing blue sky, seeing birds, plants, flowers, fresh air really helps to kind of base them in whether it's night or day and where they are. Lots of our patients really enjoy sensory plants. So plants with very strong smells can be really nice. So we have lots of herbs. We've got rosemary, we've got thyme, we've got mint outside. Last summer, we had five tripods of sweet pea towers, which were really, really, really fragrant and really beautiful because they're so tall and statuesque. I quite like tall plants because I think they're very easy for patients to see if they're lying down in a bed or if they're semi-recumbent in a chair or in bed. Having something that's large means that our patients who might have a visual impairment are able to see it. And something that's strong enough to be able to withstand the elements is really important. There's usually a lot of smiling, there's usually quite a lot of crying, there's quite a lot of talking and chatting and laughing and joking and people start to kind of come out of themselves a little bit. The reactions from the staff can often be as powerful as the reactions on the patients. So people work in the NHS because they fundamentally care about people. And so when you can see and feel that your care intervention has made a big difference to that patient, it gives everyone a huge sense of satisfaction. And I think when you take patients out into the garden and the patient starts to cry or starts to smile or starts to laugh or starts to engage in a different way, might open their eyes, everyone can see the impact really instantly on patients. And I think that gives everyone a huge sense of achievement and a huge sense of pride in their role. Taking people out into the garden can be a turning point in their recovery because it offers them a view of what their future can look like. So a lot of what we do in rehabilitation and intensive care rehabilitation is about making sure you're providing the patient with a goal. You're asking them, what's the thing you most want to do when you get out of hospital? And nine out of 10 of my patients, the thing they say when they want to get out of hospital is they want to sit in their garden, they want to read a book in their garden, they want to drink a cup of tea with their wife or their partner or their loved one or their dog in their garden. They want to go for a walk, they want to see the sea. So getting people outside into nature is a key common theme that comes through with our patients after intensive care. So taking people out into the garden offers them an insight into getting there and a stepping stone to getting there. They like to see nature in its beautiful, idiosyncratic way. They like to see normality. They like to feel normal. I think that's the key thing about taking patients out into the garden is that it's a step back to being normal. It's not a clinical cool bleach space it's a bumpy slightly wild it's just different and I think it's showing them that there is life after intensive care and that things are different outside and that there is a real world outside of intensive care it's widening their boundaries of their experience being in hospital is an incredibly stressful time for pretty much every patient and I think if we are able to show patients green spaces and to give them a hint of what their goal is and where they're going, it helps ground them in what they need to do to get to their recovery. 
So I think every patient should be supported to be able to have some fresh air while staying in hospital. And so I think it's really important for that. And I think it's very important if you're an intensive care patient or if you're a psychiatric patient, if you're a paediatric patient, I don't think it matters what type of patient you are. Kate's point about using her own green space to unwind is something I can definitely get on board with. This weekend I was planting, potting, watering, getting those young plants off to a flying start so all I have to do is to pull up a few weeds and enjoy my garden for weeks to come. Our young RHS ambassador George Hassel also likes to kick back and relax in his garden. For him it's the Acer that brings in the peace and tranquillity. It's a very thick, deep colour, and I think red generally sort of indicates danger and things, but I think the red of an acer is peace, it's tranquility, it sort of contradicts the colour of the water and the rocks and the moss and things like that. You know, you can imagine being somewhere in Japan by a sort of mountainside with a little stream and an acer draped over you and just sitting there sort of meditating and um, just feeling at peace, really, and feeling calm. So aces come in lots of different shapes and sizes. Some have um, wide leaves, some have thin leaves. They can range from deep red to light green, and they're often seen arching over water in Japanese gardens. You know, gardening is a really, really good thing if you want to feel at peace in the world and you want to let your worries and stress seep away from you. And, you know, plants are a really good way of doing that. And aces particularly, you know, especially again where they're near running water and moss and rocks and things, just have a really sort of zen, almost attitude about them really, and they can really help you. I'll always have a love for aces and I definitely always use them in a garden because they almost seem to fit in everywhere somehow. You have water, you've got to have either a willow or an acer somewhere just because it's almost the way they arch over the water and they're reflected and things like that. It's just a, a must-have feature in a garden. George Hassel on his admiration for the Acer. How do you use your garden to recuperate? Tell me on social media. Look for The RHS and use the hashtag RHSpodcast. For more on today's topics and to catch up with any of the virtual Chelsea content, follow the links at rhs.org.uk slash podcast. Next week, we look at how to really get the most from every inch of your garden, whether it's inside or out. Almost every garden has some sort of a shed or a roof or bike storage or even bin storage upon which they can create a green roof. But until then, it's goodbye from me, Guy Barter.
I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Crest robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step, and you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer, or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.